Hey everybody, welcome to Q on Q for this week. We are in part four of our best summer ever series. Summer, where is summer going? Quickly behind us, we feel like we have like a week, week and a half summer left around here. Bandcamp's going to be starting pretty soon and the schedule's going to get pretty busy, but it's been great um, taking time to do lots of family stuff, get away for a few days. The kids got to camp and other places. It's been really hot. Today was really hot. Uh, we've been getting some projects done around the house. It's all been really, really good. So this week is episode 46. Like I said, it is part four of our best summer ever series. If you haven't checked out the first three episodes, give them a listen. Of course, you can always find them at qonq.com or through most major podcast providers. But here's what you missed, or if you did tune in, here's a quick recap. So part one was take a walk, and I focused on why it's important to keep your health, and I mean all aspects of your health, in check so that you can do God's work in your life. You can't fulfill your calling if the vessel that you're using isn't in good working order. I talked about physical health, spiritual health, mental health, and relational health, and why they are all so important. Part two was work in the garden, and we talked about how important it is to plant a seed, including my interview with Skylar Wingate Massey from Plant a Seed Children's Partnership. Part three last week was make stuff, why creativity is important, and why we should use our calling to get involved, do things, and as the title says, make stuff. So this week, the title is Family Game Night. Today, I want to continue with where I started last week, talking about creativity and making things, but we're going to take kind of a different spin on it this week. As I said last time, I consider myself to be a creator, and for creatives, doing stuff is our nature. As a musician, it's literally what I do all the time, and it's important to create. It's literally talked about dozens of times in the scriptures about how God has gifted people with skills and talents to make and be artistic and write and things like that. But here's where we have to be careful. Sometimes we get so many ideas, or we think we have so many ideas, so much excitement, so much desire to do, to make, to create, that we find ourselves almost doing too much. This is something that has become a personal testimony of mine. I got so excited to write that it's all I did for a while, talking about writing music, and then I found myself neglecting other things, and then it just became difficult to balance it all. And at one point, it was writing music, video projects, school, podcasts, all kinds of things at the same time. I just had to take a pause and pray for God to refocus me on what I was to do and where I was to go. And the ideas haven't stopped. The work hasn't gone away, but I found myself able to manage it a whole lot better. This summer is the perfect example. I make myself a work schedule every day, whether it's during the school year or summer, and I do that to try to spread work out over time. And after a few weeks, I started to find this summer that I really needed to step back a bit from the way I did the schedule before. My workload was maybe a bit much, so I've retooled my calendar. And yes, some projects are taking longer than they've taken in the past, but I'm mentally in a really good place with it, spending lots of time doing stuff with family, and though some days I'm physically tired, thank you outdoor projects, it's all been for really good reasons. My family loves games, whether it's card games, board games, games in the car, puzzles, anything like that. We just enjoy competition and spending time with each other. 
We have some great games that are our favorites. Maybe some of these are yours. Card games like Dutch Blitz and Hearts and Hand and Foot, Uno, Phase 10, Skipbo. We love board games too. Ticket to Ride is one of our favorites. If you've never played that, I encourage you to check that out. There's lots of different varieties from easy to super detailed and does kind of involve a little bit of strategy. We also like Sorry and Clue and many others. So why do we make a point to have family game time and why do I focus on it so much this week? Well, besides the competitiveness, I'm not going to say that I win all the time, but we just enjoy spending time with each other. And we all know that we genuinely need downtime. And yes, some games are work. And sometimes some people want to play games all day long because they just have a lot more energy than other people. But it's fun work, if that makes sense. We pick and choose the type of game depending on if we want something physical, something that involves a lot of thought and strategy, something a little bit more relaxing, perhaps something electronic or something hands-on. Sometimes you just need to detach from the busyness of life and put your mind and body into something else. So how do we find that perfect work-life calling balance? Well, first, let me say this. Your faith and your walk with Christ should be at the root of everything you do. And you should never ignore your calling. It's how you balance that with everything else that makes the difference. It's amazing, but probably not unexpected, how people in our world view work and how it fits into life. I found a bunch of surveys from the past five years, and I've kind of generalized them together to give you some results. And again, this is just kind of me interpreting the results of these surveys here and summarizing what they say. But they say the majority of workers believe they don't have enough time with their kids, their spouses, or even for themselves. Each year, the amount of time we spend working has increased. That was at least up through 2020. And nearly half of salaried workers report bringing work home with them at least once a week that's at least an hour a night. For many of us, achieving any sort of balance between our personal and professional lives can seem like a cruel joke sometimes, or at least we make it out to be that way. And I'm not going to tell you there's a magic solution, and I can't give you that five steps to easily find the perfect work-life balance. That would sell billions of copies. But before we look at ways that we can try to recapture at least some balance in our lives, let me say that in no way am I implying that you have to stop working hard to find balance. We were never promised that life would feel balanced all the time. Even Jesus had days that weren't balanced. I mean, look at Mark chapter 1. Jesus is giving a sermon in the morning, then casts out an unclean spirit, heals, heals, heals again, all in one day. And at the same time, alongside the exhaustion and the hard work, we're reminded in the scriptures that he rested. And we are to rest and take care of the earthly bodies which God has given to us. So if I had to narrow it down to a few suggestions to how you can help find a balance between what God has called you to do and getting the family time and rest you need, here would be what I would say. It's important to be intentional to always make sure faith is a priority, and to know it's okay to sometimes take a break or step away. And all these things center around making sure you have articulated and made very plain and clear to yourself and those around you a purpose for your life and the values upon which you choose to stand. 
Just as businesses have a mission statement and core values to express what they do and how they're trying to do those things, clearly defined and stated purpose and values can help us stay on track. Once you've discerned what your calling is in life, you set an identity for yourself. Defining and living out those things determine how you spend your time, among other things like finances. There's periods where everything is firing on all cylinders, and with good planning, cooperative schedules, and having a good head about yourself, you can find balance in it all, and not be overburdened with any one part, including work. I found keeping a schedule works really well, but as I mentioned earlier, sometimes that schedule gets deflated quickly. I made myself a work schedule for summer projects three weeks out that included video work, writing for my devotional book, early teaser here, hoping to have it ready for Christmas, work around the house, family time, but all it took was one project not going according to plan, and everything got derailed. And then I was extra tired, and then all those projects needed to go on the back burner for a little bit to give me time to refocus and recharge. During the school year, I have a revolving list of tasks on a to-do list with a set amount of work time on them each day, and the realization that not everything will get done every day. But overall, things seem to balance most of the time. But in realizing a perfect balance won't be possible all of the time, I mean, let's be real, in real life there will always be some periods where one of our roles, whether that's worker, parent, mentor, caretaker, or something else, dominates our energy and time. Gerald Sitzer said something that I think is pretty poignant when it comes to realizing balance and all this. He said this, Short-term imbalance is inevitable. Long-term imbalance is destructive. Let me read that again. Short-term imbalance is inevitable. Long-term imbalance is destructive. Balance is something we bring into our lives, not each individual moment, but in the overall sense. We do it by recognizing where we've been giving our energy and then compensating by giving our energy in the next time period to the other important parts of our lives. One part of my personal mission statement is to be purposeful in all I do, not just productive. This ensures that the things I'm doing aren't just getting checked off the to-do list, but are making sure I'm not missing the people, the things, and the experiences that God wants me to see. Sometimes this means I won't accomplish everything I've set out to do. Sometimes I end up working more than I planned. I mean, I can tell you class times in school when I've just really, really felt led to just sit and talk to kids for a while. And maybe we don't get the lesson done that day, but maybe that's just what they needed and just what I needed. But it always means I'm doing work, spending time, doing activities, whatever it is, seeing the whole picture. So let me put it this way. Instead of trying to achieve a perfect work-life balance, I've been pursuing what I would maybe call centeredness, if that's a word. I'm aiming to put Christ at the center of my life and then design and manage all the different parts of my life around that center. The truth is, he already should be at the center of everything. A big trap I find myself falling into is this, and I wonder how many of you do this also. I sometimes live as if I am at the center of my life. How many of you do that? It's all about us. I'm going to work so hard that I can pad my retirement. I need to do that extra amount at work so I can get in good graces with the boss, even though I'll miss a family event. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we shouldn't work hard and shouldn't do what it takes to get ahead. 
But how many of us make it all about us and then wonder later how our lives got all out of whack? We need to remember that Christ is the center and then develop and live out priorities from that center. Inevitably, there will be seasons when working longer hours is required. For me, it's during concert season and around Christmas time. This is just an expected part of what I do and a natural part of work. And as much as possible, we should seek clarity on what the next season of work will require. Then we can plan the other aspects of our life accordingly to the best of our ability, which allow us to set some expectations with others and not take on additional responsibilities we'll struggle to fulfill. Whew, that was a mouthful. What I mean, maybe a little simpler, is that when we know something is going to require more attention of us, we should plan accordingly, knowing that the ebb and flow of time-giving must continue to roll. But this type of thing should only last for a period of time. We should ensure that the heavier workload is going to subside and be followed by a time for rest and other priorities. And we must make sure to allow time for rest. And of course, be certain that intentional times of study and prayer, along with time for family, are part of what we do. What I'm about to say next might be a really hard pill to swallow. If our jobs don't allow for this rhythm of seasons, and it's not directly our calling, maybe we should look for ones that will. If we're involved in activities that rob us of the opportunities to balance our priorities and our needs, then maybe we need to part ways. As with anything in separation, whether it's a job, relationship, activity, or something else, doing so might require some hard choices. There's a couple times that I've been involved in something and just saw that the work that I was doing was just kind of something superficial. And really, I was doing it more for the paycheck than anything else. And it was honestly taking extra time away that I'd be able to spend with my family. Until we put Jesus at the center of our decisions, our schedules, and essentially our whole lives, we'll always be pulled in a million different directions. And to be honest, we'll continue to struggle to navigate all of the competing priorities we face. We might think we're putting the focus on Christ, but just doing a devotional, saying a prayer, and then making decisions on our own, especially the ones that seem contrary to his calling, that doesn't cut it. So where do you need to be more intentional and proactive about injecting what I call margin in your life? Are there times when you take a break and make yourself truly inaccessible? How can you build this into your day, your week, or a month? I get my work email on my phone, and to be honest, I found myself replying to emails as late as 11 o'clock on weekends. And to be honest, I shouldn't be doing that. I know as a teacher I want to be there for my students and their families as much as I can, but there has to be a balance and a boundary somewhere. And yeah, there are times I've had to say no. If you've listened to some of my previous episodes, you know I used to be a yes man. But there are times when I just have to say no. Even if it seems something that's super lucrative or, to me, seems super attractive to do. A good example. I got word a few years back of a part-time virtual teaching gig. It would have been all online, no more than an hour or two a day, at any hour I really wanted, and the pay was really, really good. I debated about it, went back and forth about it, talked to others about it. But it wasn't a good thing for me right at that time. Because with all my other responsibilities, 
something else would have to give. And knowing how the schedule was, it was probably going to be family time in the evening. And I wasn't about to let my family be the thing that suffered right then. We were able to pay our bills. We were able to balance things. And after praying very earnestly about it, I didn't feel I was to let go of any of my other current responsibilities or connections. For me, the thing that has had the biggest impact is prayer and being intentional on getting in the Word. These times put me in the right frame of mind to focus on whatever it is I'm doing at that time, which for me has made me more productive, more attentive to just about everything, and more in the moment to whatever it is I'm doing. These times have helped make what could be difficult decisions much easier. Now, I don't mean they were easy decisions, but they seemed easier to make because I felt at peace with them, like I was making the right decision from the beginning. In a world that idolizes position, fame, and material wealth, we continually need to reorient ourselves to a sense of what's important. By doing so, allow that to shape our work-life balance. In the parable of the rich fool in Luke 12, Jesus warns against making an abundance of possessions our ultimate focus. If we're going to keep work in its proper place and leave margin for other things that matter, we have to remember that only Jesus can give us life in the ultimate sense. So you might be out there saying, all right, this is great philosophically, but I need some concrete steps to help find my balance. What can I do? Well, my first suggestion to you would be to pray about it. Because earnestly seeking God's calling on your life and your work helps things become pretty clear. And secondly, don't ignore the fact or put aside that you've been called to do. Don't just say no to everything because it doesn't fit in your plan or it's something you don't want to do. But most importantly, after you do those things, Finding balance involves concrete steps that build over time using maturity and wisdom as your guide. I'm not saying that a young person can't get it, but as I've gotten older, I begin to understand, and it has become very clear, that that balance is something practical, yet God-honoring by the things I'm choosing to do. We're facing a mental health crisis of proportions we've never seen before in our world. And the one of the key things to managing that is going to be ordering our lives according to God's intent. Nowhere in the scriptures does it say he meant for us to feel overwhelmed or depleted in a holistic sense, and Jesus didn't live that way. Probably no one in history had more requests or demands upon them. Michael Todd, pastor of Transformation Church, may have put it better than anyone else when he said this, Christians should imitate Jesus with a pace of grace. A pace of grace. What motivates you to get up every morning? I doubt most of us wake up in the morning with our first motivation being a work-related detail. At least I would hope not. I'm motivated to be the best for my family. To model godly living and be the best possible father to my kids and spouse to my wife. Once we figure out what burdens our heart, then we know what's important to us. And we can plan and design a way to live our lives at a pace we can sustain. A pace set by God that gives us those opportunities to work, 
those opportunities to take a step back, those opportunities to enjoy family game night. Hey, I want to pray before we go this week. God, I thank you for leading and nudging and guiding within me. And as I pursue the calling and the paths that are part of that calling, may I continue to sense when it is right and when I'm needed to rest to recharge and rebuild. May your peace rule my heart. I welcome your peace, your joy, and I rest in you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, friends, I want to encourage you today to seek balance in all things. While work is important, make sure it is God-honoring and fulfilling your calling. And while filling that calling is essential, make sure you're not saying yes so much that the things that are truly important to you begin to get neglected. Our Best Summer Ever series concludes next week. It's so hard to believe already. With the topic, nap time. And I'm not going to sleep on this one this week. We talk about work-life balance, and next week, we're going to talk about how you approach things when you genuinely have just had enough, when you're so exhausted, you don't know how to or want to move forward, and if you can't achieve that balance and just feel broken and destroyed and exhausted and just done, that's what we're going to talk about next week. Big stuff. So I invite you to come back and join us then. It'll be our last episode for a few weeks as we take a break for the end of the summer months and gear up for some really big topics heading into August. But for now, I pray the word God has given me this week will speak to you in some way. And as always, I thank you for listening. We'll see you back here next time when we'll have more for you on cue.